Hello, we are Restoration Church Chicago and welcome to our podcast. You can connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Our mission is to glorify Jesus everywhere, and that includes right here, right now. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning, everyone. Uh, as Hugh said, we're going to continue our, 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 our journey through John. Uh, let me set my timer so I don't keep you too long. And um, uh, if you would turn your books, your, your Bible to John chapter 7, uh, if you have a mobile device, um, go ahead and change it to there too. I like the, the hard copy, uh, even though I have a backup version on my iPad, um, but it's, it's something about the, the, um, the uh, flipping through the pages that I thoroughly enjoy. So I, I'll re- be reading from the New Living Translation. I compared uh, in, my, in, my, um, in my research, I compared um, three different versions, and what I found is that um, the use of the word God is very important in this specific text, and so I will be reading for from the New Living Translation um, as we go through um, the first 24 verses of chapter 7. As he alluded to, he'll be covering the second half, which is extremely difficult, uh, as you will see, because the ending, one of the most important parts of this chapter, happens next week. So you have to come back next week. So I'm going to do my best with the first 24 verses, okay? Um, before, before we jump, uh, jump in and while you're searching for it, um, there's a movie that my wife and I watched that explains this first part of the chapter very well. Uh, it's, it's a crime movie. And in the crime movie, there's a very experienced um, a previous um, uh, a deputy, a police officer. And he has then, since then retired, but he came back to help with the case. And there's a new hotshot young guy that, that replaced him, and he's trying to figure out the puzzle, the pieces to the, the, the case. And this retired guy, he's coming back and he's solving the case with ease. While everyone is over here looking at the evidence, the, the retired guy is over here just looking around and everybody's wondering like, what's going on? What's, what, 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 what's going through his mind? Quite comprehend what he's thinking or his personality is different from most. And it's, it's, it's just very hard, but he's always has the right answer. He's always coming, putting pieces of the, the, the crime scene together. And I said, this is exactly how this chapter is, uh, it starts off with. When Jesus, he goes into like this really big um, environment, it's a big, really big event, a festival, and nobody understands him. And so what I want to do is the same thing that my wife and I did when we was looking at the detective movie, trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together, try to figure out this guy, we're gonna do the exact same thing with Jesus in this chapter, okay? So the, um, the first couple of verses, um, if we go through it, uh, right leading up to this verse, a um, couple of chapters uh, ago in chapter 5, Jesus healed someone, and he did it on the Sabbath. So there, the people, the, the Jews are angry with him because you keep the Sabbath. You never do anything on the Sabbath. And then in chapter 6 is when people began to, who believed in him began to leave because he would say, he would say things that it's like, 
we have the honor of knowing what happens later on in, like, I think chapter 19, and he him died on the cross. We have that privilege. But if you're in present day with him, and he's saying these things like he's going to ascend into heaven, or eat me, I am the bread of life. When you see a physical man that you've known since birth, and he has brothers and sisters that you know of, you're thinking, like, this physical man is telling us this? Oh, no, like, the, heal, the healing and the miracles, now that's fine, but they, they're starting to leave him in chapter 6. So that's what the first two words of this chapter refers to. After this, Jesus traveled to Galilee. He wanted to stay out of Judea, uh, where the Jewish leaders were plotting his death. But soon it was time for the Jewish festivals of shelters. And Jesus' brothers said to him, leave here and go to Judea, where your followers can see your miracles. You can't be famous if you hide like this. If you can do such wonderful things, show yourself to the world, for even his brothers believe in him. And Jesus replied, now is not the right time for me to go. But you can go anytime. The world can hate you, but it does, but it does hate me. The world can't hate you, but it does hate me because I accuse it of, the, of doing evil. You go on, I'm not going to do this festival. I'm not going to this festival because my time has not yet come. After saying these things, Jesus remained in Galilee. Very first thing we notice here is in verse 6, God operates on his own timing. His brothers, um, who we find out in, um, in uh, Matthew 13, that is James, Joseph, and, Ju- and Judas, and he also found out, that right after that it says that he has sisters. It says plural, it doesn't say how many, but it has be at least two. Um, I know that we grew up knowing that uh, Mary and Joseph, they, cre- they created, uh, Jesus was, came from them, but not really from them. But after that, they had kids. Um, and so they're telling him, they're trying to convince him to come up to this festival. There's three festivals a year that happens. And this specific festival was the biggest of them all. It was full of jubilee. And every man had to be there. And every man brought their family with them. So it's a very popular event. And the, his brothers are saying, hey, you know, you do all these miracles. You say who you are. They're kind of mocking him. You say that you, you, you're this, this Jesus. Let's go to this festival and show off all your miracles so you, your, following, your following can grow. And so he said, my time has not yet come. Again, you and I know what that means. What happens, um, uh, something that happens more significantly later he didn't want to risk going to this very popular event due to popularity. And when, they, when they, everybody is traveling there, they would know, they would hear, they would, they would know that he's coming. So the anticipation is building up. So if he really came, the word would have spread quickly. And we will see that very thing in the next few chapters. But most importantly, Jesus knows this is not my time to do a miracle. So no, I'm going to not go with you all. What we find out in the next couple of scriptures is that he ended up um, do coming. Uh, he ended up going. But the, the first point I want to make is God operates on his own timing. If you pick up in verse, verse uh, um, let's go down to verse 14. So, um, so verse 10 through 13, uh, we'll skip through it, but essentially he ended up going to the festival and then it says in verse 14, midway through the festival, Jesus went up to the temple and began to teach. The people were surprised when they heard him. How does he know so much? He hasn't been trained, they asked. So Jesus told them, 
My message is not my own. It comes from God who sent me. Anyone who wants to do the will of God would know whether my teaching is from God or merely my own. Those who speak for themselves want the glory, want glory only for themselves, but a person who speaks to honor the one who sends them speaks truth, not lies. Moses gave you the law, but none of you obeys it. In fact, you're trying to kill me. Um, and then they, they replied, uh, you're demon-possessed. Uh, who's trying to kill you? And so uh, what, what happened here is um, every single day of this festival, um, back, if you look back in Deuteronomy 16, uh, God gives them specific things to do. And so they're going through the, the ritual, that, which they do every year at this festival. It's seven days long. Every day there's a specific thing. And in the mid-festival, it says in verse 14, midway through, the festival, Jesus went up to the temple and began to preach. So normally when they preach, they do it sitting down. Well, he did it standing up and started telling people, like, and started teaching. And what he taught was, uh, um, uh, what, he, what he taught, it amazed them. When we hear God uh, uh, teach, he teaches from a divine manner. It's totally, totally different from what they thought what they expected. The people who were rabbis that spoke, uh, they were trained. Um, if you look at today's, it takes about five years to become a rabbi. Well, back then, you, went, you had two paths to take. You can either take the rabbinical path or you can take your self-taught path. And everybody who took the, for, for the former path, we, they know who they were. They were trained. They were classically trained by a rabbi. All right? You went to one of the, the schools and you were trained. Well, and to further emphasize that, in order to begin going to the schools and be trained by a rabbi, for, you have 13 years. A boy has 13 years to learn the first five chapters of our Bible or their Bible the, the, um, for, by the time they're 13. So not only, did they, uh, not only did they have to read, but they had to memorize this, and then they were quizzed. And if they were to pass, then and only then could they be considered to go to the school. And so you would know from the beginning all those that make it past this very strenuous path. And they don't know Jesus. They, he didn't come up this path. He's not quoting a rabbi or he's not quoting someone else. He's only speaking from um, what he knows. And they're so astonished, so amazed that how does he know this? And he explains it. My teachings are divine. It comes from, he um, says, those who speak, he said that um, anyone who wants, he said, my message is not my own. It comes from God who sent me, it says in verse 16. 17, anyone who wants to do the will of God would know whether my teaching is from God or merely my own. Uh, I, I think that uh, we can all feel rest assured that whenever we have a speaker come in from somewhere else that Hugh or Vanessa brings in, when they speak, we can tell whether it's valid um, based on what we believe in as a church. And Hugh always says he only brings people who will help us guide, guide us in, a, in the, the same direction. They won't come and preach a different doctrine than from what we believe in. And the same is true here. If those that do God's will, they will know that, God, that Jesus is speaking um, with, from, with God's words. Um, 
there's a quote that, um, that I read from uh, a book that I read accompanying to this uh, by J.C. Ryle. Uh, he, spoke about, he spoke about what, uh, how a person, uh, when he speaks, he says, uh, he says, self is art and spirit and ministers of religion is entirely opposed to the mind of Christ. A self-exalting spirit is totally contrary, he said. The ministers who truly called of God will be deeply sensible of his master's majesty and his own infirmity and will see himself nothing but unworthiness. Um, um, uh, one of the ways that he, 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 got, he, go, he continues to say, one of the ways that uh, somebody will speak, will try to hide the fact that they feel, uh, they will try to add more, more, they will try to highlight themselves more so than, than God. And they'll try to cover up their lack of having, not having a spirit with boisterous expressions and things, or, or lifting up their, their own title. Um, this morning, I thought about the scripture because um, I was doing. I was in the kitchen with uh, my daughter, uh, who's uh, four, and she said that I was doing something that is against my teaching. And right away, my defense was, "Well, I'm daddy." And I was like, "Oh, well." I use my position to go against the grain of my teaching, and that's what J.C. Riley is hidden hint. Somebody who doesn't have a spirit, instead of lifting God up because he doesn't have it, he'll, he or she will try to lift up their own selves or use their title as an excuse. Um, so Jesus' teaching uh, is divine. That's the second point. Going to the, uh, going to the, uh, the end of this, this chapter, we start off with 21. That Jesus uh, replied to the... Um, he said, Jesus replied, I did one miracle on the Sabbath, and you were amazed, but you work on the Sabbath too, when you obey Moses' law of circumcision, um, for if the correct time for circumcising, actually this tradition of circumcision became with the, with the patriarchs long before the law of Moses, talking about Abraham, for if, I, if, for if the correct time for circumcising your son falls on the Sabbath, you go ahead and do it so as not to break the law of Moses. So why should you be angry with me for healing a man on the Sabbath? Look beneath the surface so you can judge correctly. Um, Jesus, um, uh, Jesus opened his reply by talking about a miracle that he performed on the Sabbath. And there's, uh, I was, there's, there's so much data out there. And uh, I stumbled across a piece of data that shows that there are seven different times where Jesus actually, actually healed uh, or performed a miracle on the Sabbath. There's seven specific times that he did healing on the Sabbath. And keep in mind, you were not supposed to do this on the Sabbath. You're not. They considered healing someone or performing a miracle, actual work. And so, I live in a Jewish neighborhood. And the day before I moved there, I scoped out the area and I made sure that there was, on the day of, the next day I came back and made sure that there was enough room for, so that the moving truck can come and empty out all of our furniture and items. And so there was, a, it was a Saturday, which is considered Sabbath. And so I went to the next door neighbor and I introduced myself. Hi, my name is Toby. I just moved next door with my family. We shot the breeze. We, 
we found out our kids are the same age, and we was like, yes, whoop de doo And so I said, um, I'm sorry, but I have a truck coming, and your, your truck, your SUV is right in front of the, the fire hydrant. Could you move your, your, your SUV so that the truck can fit right there and pull it in? He said, yes, I would love to, but I can't drive my car. It's the Sabbath. He said, but you can come to my house and grab the keys, and you can move yourself. And uh, thank God I started studying and started researching and started reaching out to people of Jewish faith so I can understand it better because I probably would have been offended. You saying you can't move your car seriously and you want me to come? No, but I, I found out. So you're not supposed to do anything on the Sabbath, and they consider healing, performing miracles, working on the Sabbath. And he's the one that was born with the condition. Everyone that they acquired it or it's like they did it or something. Why is that one important? Because this is the reason why they want to kill him. He said, I did one miracle on the Sabbath. That's what they were, he was referring to. Uh, he, healed a, um, he healed a man. And you were amazed, he said, but you work on the Sabbath too. Uh, something that's very important to the Jewish tradition is circumcision. And it's, put, it's typically performed uh, on the eighth day. And what he's suggesting is that if your son, uh, don't, be, don't be a hypocrite. Because if you have a son that's born on a Friday, and you count the days up, all the way to the next, the eighth day, it will fall on a Saturday. Will you refuse to circumcise your son? And so there's a ton. I went down avenues into science and finding out like the most optimal time and the validation for circumcision. But the eighth day is the best day. And what he's asking is, would you surpass that eighth day and go to the ninth day? Or would you do skip or start on the seventh? No, they wouldn't. Tradition is tradition, and they would do it on the Sabbath. He said, so what's the difference between you removing, you, you're circumcising, and me adding to, I'm healing someone? He said, don't judge based off of appearance. Don't, I mean, like, I, I, I don't want to be there when he said this, because just think about that. You're circumcising, you're doing this deed that any man can do, well, a trained man, but I'm doing something that it's healing, and you're judging that and not that. And so uh, he said, uh, look beyond the surface and judge correctly. Um, it's very easy for us to do this, uh, to judge um, the surface uh, and not judging correctly. There's a lot of sins in, in the world, and some sins are less hidden. And it's so easy to judge the outer appearance like they were saying. More, and the more challenging thing to do is to look into our own hearts and look at our own sins. And I'll do this, this one 15-second uh, exercise. And <laughs> I probably should do this. And maybe I'll skip it for now. But uh, I have a very good exercise that, that helps prove this. But the point of it is basically saying... Analyze yourself. It's so much harder to do. The easiest thing to do is to look at someone else and to judge them. All right. Uh, and uh, let's. Uh, the. Um, 
uh, just an understanding guy right here. He's uh, um, uh, his uh, understanding his uh, uh, where he's from has a lot to do with who he is, his his ultimate mission, his, his and so they. This is actually in, in next week's. So forgive me, Hugh, for saying this, but the point is, they, they, after all this is going on during this festival, they're looking at Jesus like, isn't this the same young man that we all know? He's from this, this birthplace. Didn't the Bible say that, he's, that the, the actual guy will come from another place? And, and he's, um, the response to this is, no, Jesus is, although he's from Bethlehem, He's, actually, he's from heaven. And so with that comes a lot of birth, birthrights. And if you think about where um, birth, birth has a lot to do with who you are, um, uh, your status. Uh, it has a lot to do with your initial potential, um, your clothing, your traditions, and things like that. And um, uh, one of the great things about this, though, is that when you come into Christ, I think it's in Second Corinthians, it says that uh, any man, any person that's, uh, that is in God is a new creation. And so that is a new birth that changes everything about you and where you're headed. So uh, just, just three points, just I want to re- re- reiterate. It's timing. God's timing is totally different from ours. We may want things to happen at exact pace. We may try to even push God's hand, just like his brothers were doing. But God's timing is totally, totally different. His divine teachings. Sometimes Jesus says things that we don't want to hear. You know, he said earlier that the world hate me because I preach against it. And, he, and so his, his teachings are divine. If we... Uh, if we if we um, munch on his word and allow it to, um, to, um, to, uh, to affect things and understand things totally differently. Uh, I'm currently going through the books of Proverbs every day, and I'm trying to figure out how do I make this real today. And it's, it's very challenging to do, but there would, th- there would be things that come to my mind at specific situations, and like, whoa, I never would have thought about that um, had it not for going through that. Uh, we grab hold to them. Uh, we can, um, you know, see things in a totally different light. Original mission. Because uh, he was birthed into heaven, he came with a specific mission. He acts and he does things in a totally different way. Totally unorchestrated. Un- 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 uh, and it's, it's at times, but his ultimate mission um, is what guides his every move and causes him to slip the hands and, uh, of the, the enemy, this, uh, of the, the multiple arrest attempts that they tried to have against him. He was able to slide past it. He wasn't captured uh, until he willingly left, laid, laid, laid down his life for us. So, three things in mind. Um, Father God, thank you so much for, um, uh, for delivering us and um, bringing us to, to a new life. Um, I pray that uh, we diligently seek you and um, 
patiently await your timing for things to occur into our lives. Uh, we um, thank you for um, just for your divine um, and holy teachings. We pray that we can grasp them and that we understand that they are there just to um, build us up and um, to guide us in the right direction. And Lord, thank you so much for coming down to heaven and uh, sending back, Lord Jesus. Um, you've done so much for us. Um, we trust you. Uh, we, uh, we love you. And um, we're just in awe for um, all that you've done. Uh, we pray that, uh, I specifically pray that if there's anyone who, who doesn't know you, uh, that they uh, seek you out, um, that they know that we're here for them and willing to um, guide them along the way to getting to know you better, Lord Jesus. Uh, I pray all these things in your glorious name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. We hope you were encouraged. Don't forget to connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram.